RadioInfluence.com. Back at it, back at it again. It's your man, DJ Eakin, uh, Tampa's most connected DJ, along with my guy, Crisco Kid. Um, for everybody who hasn't been here before, who may just be joining us because I appreciate the fact, first of all, giving this man his flowers while he's here, Crisco's reach out there. So you may be checking things out because, you know, you know Crisco, you follow him, and you're like, well, who's who's this other guy here? Um, this is the player's playlist, right? And so this is it. This is not... I know it's on the same channel if you follow me like on any of the social platforms and that sort of thing, but this actually is not exactly the DJ Aiken podcast. What we do here is I myself, uh, game DJ for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't say any other teams out loud, so Crisco can tell you his credentials. Um, and then we have a guest as well. Crisco, uh, where do you rock at so that they can know that? You already know, man. Catch me inside State Farm Stadium every home game, in-game host. And, uh, yeah, we do what it do, baby person. Arizona Cardinals out there. And, and, and of course, the thing we like to do here is we talk sports. We talk, uh, you know, we talk game entertainment. There's a little bit of pop culture. But the biggest thing that Crisco and I wanted to do out the gate was we wanted to find our way around the country. And find some dudes, females, folks that were in this space that we're in and really talk to them about, you know, the things that they enjoy and how they do it. And Crisco, this 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 isn't anything to do with you. But I think today this gets it's a little personal because I've been talking to this dude about joining me on these platforms. Right. And all of a sudden the Steelers play the Buccaneers. It doesn't go so good for Tom Brady and the boys. And suddenly, my guy, Digital Dave, <laughs> his schedule is open. He's available. Dave, He's what right. up, man? <laughs> what up? It's been a good week. It's been a good week? It's been a good week, yeah. We played some football, won some football game. It's been good. How's how's your week been? Well, how, was your, how was your Sunday? <laughs> So we're just going to jump right in, right? Well, <laughs> well you, you know what? I, actually, to be honest, like seriously, and what, what, one of the things I want, I want to do before I even go into how I was, because I don't want to take the mood down suddenly, <laughs> is I think that some of the things that you're doing are really dope and, and what you do. Let's talk a little bit first about who you are and what you do. And then we'll come back to how my Sunday didn't go so well. <laughs> Take it away, man. What, 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 I know you're rocking up in Pittsburgh, man. Uh, if anybody has been to one of those games has seen you on the back of one of those 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 trucks in there. So your official title with the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and that sort of thing. And what do you do up there? So I, I I mean, it's it's funny. I don't even know from the team themselves if I if I have official an official title. But uh, basically, uh, I play all the music uh, in game and, and I kind of help curate the music pregame so the way we have things set up in Acrisure Stadium formerly Heinz Field our, our sponsor just changed this year so after 21 years as Heinz Field we're now Acrisure Stadium uh, so pregame we have a DJ uh, uh, Derek Galifa DJ Galifa and he plays uh, all the like player warm-up music and the walk-in music and he is God bless him he is outside in in the the Pittsburgh elements until until January sometimes, uh, you know, gets a little cold up here in, in the wintertime. But um, so I kind of, uh, you know, curate what what he's doing pregame. I mean, obviously, the players pick pick their playlist, kind of the, the stuff before the, the players playlist comes on. 
I'm really curating and, and kind of also running through our game day producer. And uh, then about 20, 25 minutes prior to game time, I take over and I'm up in the booth. I'm actually uh, in with our in-game production crew with uh, everyone that does all of the audio as well as the uh, video and, and TV stuff within the stadium. Uh, and I'm in that booth. And so I basically play from, from 20 minutes out, you know, through the entire game. Wow. So he's like the game day conductor. Like, you know what I mean? He's making, he's doing everything. Wearing all the hats, all the jerseys. So how did you, how did you like, cause Pittsburgh is, a, Pittsburgh is, and um, this is, this is a sports guy talking here, Crisco. Pittsburgh is a storied franchise. When they're looking at entertainment, and, and you can tell me how long you've been doing this, it seems a lot of times when you look at an organization like that, right, they're kind of like, they'll say, you know, they're setting their ways, they've been doing things a certain way. How did the conversation start to where they were going to have an in-game DJ like yourself, someone who, you know what I'm saying, because once you start doing that, it's not as in control per se, unless you guys have this super working relationship, and I'm sure you know as well as I do, right, you have to be open-minded like the three of us have to be because you work with people who often don't do what we do. But they do come from a side of they're presenting these game situations. They're presenting this this entertainment for this for the fans. How did that come about, and how has that working relationship been for you? And and as an adjustment from being like the DJ you are for events and parties that you regularly do, as opposed to working with the NFL. So uh, the was so to go back to the way I started uh, it was 2016. Uh, I was doing the music for the University of Pittsburgh in the same stadium. So University of Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, my alma mater, uh, share the same stadium with the Steelers. It's kind of a, a rare situation. I think there's a few around the country, but you know, our, our NFL team and our largest college in the area play in the same stadium. So the Steelers game day producer, Chris Burns, he has to be there on all uh, game days for the University of Pittsburgh because he basically oversees the control room there. And, you know, especially God forbid, like an emergency happens, something major stops working, a weather emergency, whatever, like he's gotta be on site for all those game days. So he would get to hear me uh, playing basically on game days for the University of Pittsburgh. So that year comes to like middle of the fall and he actually reaches out to me and he says that Christmas day, we're playing the Ravens and Christmas Day, the DJ wanted off uh, our our local, you know, our, the, the regular guy they had there playing music uh, who really he was like a college radio DJ, but they, he didn't really have much, you know, quote unquote, real DJ experience. But but the guy that did the music, he wanted off for the day and because uh, it was Christmas family and stuff. And I mean, I have a family, too, but obviously I jumped at the opportunity to work with the the team. I grew up in Pittsburgh. This is just, you know. My team, I watched my whole life growing up. So uh, Christmas Day, um, you know, I did kind of shadow shadow a few games. And then Christmas Day comes along, do the Christmas Day game with the Ravens, national TV. We end up winning the game, clinching first place in the division by winning that game. And then after the game, he reached out and he's like, hey, can you play next Sunday's game on against the Browns? And I'm like, sure, like I can do that. So come in, do the Browns game. And then we went to the playoffs. We were hosting Miami. And he's like, hey, can you do the game against Miami next <laughs> Sunday in the playoffs? Something's and so brewing. finally, at that point, I ask, I'm like, so am I, you know, like, is, is this going to be my job permanently? Like, I'd love that. But like, just kind of 
tell me instead of asking me one game at a time here. So, so I did that game and, uh, and he said, yeah, you know, if, if you want this job, it's yours. And, uh, I think my theory is that I think they wanted to kind of try me out. And I think they did it under the guise of like, I was filling in so that if they didn't like what I did, it would be like no hard feelings. Like you filled in a game and we appreciate that. And then right. if they did like what I did, they were going to keep me on. Well, and, and, and the rest is history. You've been doing it. What? Like six, seven, how many years have been six, six, so, yeah, years now? 16. So yeah, this is, I think my seventh, seventh season. Gotcha. So which, which, and this is, and I'm sure as you know, that people, people in our positions uh, with a lot of teams don't last a long time. I think, I think probably I'm the longest person doing music with the team since they've, you know, since they've had, you know, been playing pre-recorded music at games. So, um, and so, so, uh, and to go into kind of, I guess my working game day relationship, uh, you also asked that too. Um, so basically, uh, what I do do, uh, which is, you know, definitely extra work, but it, at the same on the front end, but on the back end, it, it creates for a smoother, uh, I guess, working relationship. So, Basically, anything that I want to play in game, like I pass these songs along to my boss beforehand. Right. And so I have, you know, crates of music and I have, you know, a level of, of autonomy in game within those crates. However, basically, you know, every song that I play during a game has been listened to and, and approved before it's being played in the game because obviously, you know, NFL team, you know, big spotlight and, you know, there's yeah. definitely, I, I'm sure you deal with this down there too, that, that, you know, they, they want not just there to be no curse words, but you know, no crazy references to like drugs, sex, shootings, things yeah. like that. So, I mean, I end up making a lot of personal edits of songs too, where, you know, I'm taking the <laughs> existing radio edit and cutting more stuff out of the radio edit. Um, but a- my boss is, is super cool. And I mean, he is, um, we're right around the same age. He grew up in, in New Jersey, right outside of New York city. So like, he's like a huge, like Biggie and Wu-Tang, like old school hip hop fan. So, uh, we're, we're definitely like very, very simpatico in our musical taste. Uh, so we, we have a good relationship as far as that goes. And there are some times where, you know, certain things, the, the upper, upper level, you know, bosses we hear like, oh, we don't want this anymore. We don't want that. But you know, we, we make it work and we're really trying to play, you know, it's crazy in a football game. You're trying to play for everybody. So, I mean, you have, right. you know, kids there, you have adults, you have people that want to hear classic rock. You want to have people that want to hear, you know, hip hop, obviously the players mostly want to hear hip hop. So you're really trying, I mean, playing everything from like, you know, Black Sabbath to, you know, Drake and Travis Scott to, you know, Justin Bieber, you know, in a game, it's a, it's a real, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a real eclectic day. Uh, Crisco, I know you're like itching to jump in here. I know you wanted to yeah, like. I, I just think it's interesting. You know, every stadium has like their protocol, right? And how to prepare for the game day where what we do, um, you know, I think the only concern is we know what's going to be radio edit and, and it's just kind of playing what the players want. And then also what the fans, because we want to give the fans, you know, like you say, you know, the, the the greatest, the ultimate game day experience. But do you find yourself uh, playing more for players, playing more for fans, or do you just kind of keep it 50-50? Uh, is it more players during warm-up, or do you just kind of keep the same kind of strategy throughout? 
Well, so I would say when when it's an in-game situation, we're playing for for players. So if it's like, you know, defense coming out onto the field or in between downs type stuff, in those moments we're playing for the players. If it's TV timeout and, you know, we got two and a half minutes of just kind of like, you know, showing some fans on uh, up on the big screen and, and just kind of, taking a taking a step back and relaxing in those moments we're we're playing for fans so it's really based on on you know the the moment really uh you know if it's if it's in game you know definitely players and and if it's kind of you know when we're we're on commercial break halftime things like that you know we're playing for the fans i i I think i kind of know the answer to this but how big is is the the wiz khalifa situation to how much does that mean? You know, like I, I we think back years ago, right when he dropped black and yellow, right that was a super huge deal because the Steelers and who you guys are, and you're you're a Pittsburgh guy, so I know I'm asking the right guy. How big is the Wiz Khalifa thing or his songs? Do they still matter that much in the stadium? You know, like like black and yellow, perfect example, right? Is that still one of the songs that moves the stadium? Because you know, like in Atlanta, there's there's probably songs that that have dropped there. Like I'm sure swag surfing is crazy in Atlanta, even though it's a, it's a crazy song across the board. Right. But I'm sure if you play it in Atlanta, it's like extra crazy. Right. So when I'm thinking Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. I mean, definitely, um, you know, black and yellow is, uh, we play that for extra points and we play, that's like our end of the game win song. Like when the clock hits zeros, uh, you know, and we win, we, we play that. And, and in those moments, uh, it gets a great reaction. I mean, it's really scripted, to those moments um i definitely play some you know some other whiz uh you know here and there in games is just kind of like you know filler filler music um you know but yeah i mean whiz definitely still has has a big uh following in pittsburgh and and so does so does mac miller as well and i i feel like mac miller doesn't maybe get as much play outside of pittsburgh i don't know but like like max music is still really really big in pittsburgh and you know i definitely you know in games even play some 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 mac you know things like knock knock and the spins and stuff like that let me talk let me let me ask this question because uh i want to talk about the uh the here we go song I've, I've, i've only been to pittsburgh i think once maybe twice but uh the last time i was there was the uh was when the the steelers played the cardinals in the Super Bowl because I went to Groundhog's Day the next day on that Monday and on that Sunday was was that big Super Bowl game but I had never heard the here we go dun, 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 here we go I mean Eakin, you look like you have no you've never heard that song before hey man I'm waiting for Dave to give me the lesson here cuz I <laughs> you 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 got me in a space right now where I feel like I'm about to learn something <laughs> Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. But, like, I think the guy redid it or redoes it every year. And so is that song, along with the Yellow Tower, are those, like, still real big staples of the city? So so that song is not – that song originally came about with, like, the 90s uh, Steelers, like whenever we went to uh, play Dallas in the Super Bowl in the 90s and lost. That was when that song originally came about. And and the, you are correct. And the guy kept redoing it. The group was called, I think, The Fan Club. And and it was just this local group of guys. And they kept redoing the song every year, year after year. And, uh, and changing the players' names. I'll be honest. I didn't even realize that it was still 
around when, because I feel like that was 2008 season, I believe, was when we played the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. And I didn't even know that that song was still kind of like, and they might still redo it, but it's not something really that's played game day. Um, I mean, it's not something maybe it was played in the stadium ages ago, but never since I've been around. And I don't really hear fans playing it anymore. I mean, again, it was a big thing in the 90s, and this guy might still redo it. But, um, you know, our big song, other than Black and Yellow, our big song is Renegade by Styx. Uh, and, and this song has a video that accompany, accompanies it. Uh, they, they update usually the video from game to game. So we always play it before a big moment on defense. Um, you know, the beginning of that song is just basically acapella for, you know, a good 30, 45 seconds. And so what we do, we, we have to do it cause we play like this, you know, a good, good chunk of the song. So it has to be played during a commercial break and really it has to be played on a commercial break when we're on defense we always do it in the fourth quarter so we're we're kind of at the whim of like when the network takes their breaks and whether we're on defense or offense but um basically we black out all the boards uh you know all the rails the boards everything in the stadium we black them out for about five six seconds you know almost kind of to to get the fans know it's coming they they, they get all hype and then the song comes on and um, it's basically a montage, a defensive montage. And we usually, you know, we'll show pictures of, you know, us, you know, sacking, making hits on the quarterback from the other team if we played them in, you know, previous history. And so, um, you know, that's that's Renegade by Sticks is like the, the big quote unquote song. I mean, I'm not even playing it. It's because it's tied to a video. They're playing it via video. But that would be what I would say is is the big big Pittsburgh song but look, now, man, now look, I'm hold on curious. hold on hold on because I feel okay. like right now you just got a little personal you were talking about you know we play the song there's a video hitting the quarterback I ain't gonna let you go there too much because I well again we're gonna come back to this week but I do before I get into like a, a recap here because again Crisco and I try to stay within 30 minutes can you give me the top five joints that you feel like you need every game right now Oh, I and, mean, and you're an eclectic dude, so I'm 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 expecting to go almost anywhere here. We're yeah. the renegade. We count renegade as one. Well, well, we got we got renegade as one. I mean, do you, I guess I. You, you know, can include I, that or not include that, but if you feel that it's one that you are like, digital game yeah, like has that, to like have that, this. That's right. one of those ones where, like, if we have a game, like we if we have a game where either we're getting blown out or we're blowing out the other team. And we don't play it like because of, you know, it's not even a close game. Like fans will literally be upset like after the game that they didn't hear Renegade. Like it's it's literally that big of a deal. So, you know, that that has to be one. Um, I mean, a big one for me that that I still like to drop in like defensive situations, like defense taking the field, like big moment, uh, you know, would be never scared uh, by Bone Crusher. Um, and, uh, I guess I would say in, in a similar situation, Mo Bamba as well, um, stand up and shout by, uh, steel dragon definitely, uh, is another one. We usually use that with like the noise meter. Uh, and that one always gets, gets a good pop from the, uh, from the fans. Uh, and one more, hmm. 
trying to think like because i try to like i try to mix it up like those are like core ones that good get good reactions i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in uh party up by dmx because that's that's something i usually like to go to when we like you know if it's late fourth quarter we're on defense and we get that final defensive stop and we're gonna get the ball back and just kind of like kneel it out like that's that's my go-to in those moments uh you know kind of when we've we've in essence clinched a game yeah, that that party up one. I think like everybody, even though what party up is what at least twenty years old by now. Like, what is that? Is that? Yeah, 2000? I think it was like oh oh one oh yeah, one. So like, I think. Yeah, that's that's two. That's a twenty year old still banger, and and yeah. you drop that, and everything goes crazy. They, they, and one it's of one the, of those weird. It's one of those ones, and I feel like when and what we do, we we like look for these songs. It's one of those songs that like like. A 50-year-old and a 20-year-old are going to both respond to, you know, and there's not a lot of songs in that vein. But, like, that's, I feel like, what we're always looking for is one of those songs It's someone that's a little older and someone that's, like, just out of college are still both going to enjoy the same song. Yeah. Crisco, I, I, I saw you here, and, and I know you guys can't see each other. So to everybody watching, it's like a little bit of a technical thing. So I'm kind of playing referee as well. Crisco, go ahead, man. Jump right in. I, I just I, I, I think when whenever we ask different DJs, like what's their go to? I think every region. Uh, I'm not surprised that we may hear songs that are more regionally or just that get their crowd going for whatever reason it might be. And, and it didn't, I think sometimes people think like the artist or whatever has to come from that city or that region. I think sometimes whatever record works and whatever record like your stadium loves, you got to you got to throw it in, man. It's about the people. It's about the vibe and whatever the culture of the organization and the and the fans want. You got to give it to them, man. So I, I, I love that. And I love hearing different DJs like their five or what they have to play in their playlist. It's amazing. Yeah. I think one of the good points too, that, that Dave made, and I think this is, and I, this is going to make me shift a little bit, Dave, and ask you something else is like, I watched so many DJs online and, and Dave, we are often in the same discussions because that's how I really became like, you know, a fan of what you do and watching your work of like so many guys are watching videos and trying to be like, Oh, well I can crab. Oh, well I can do this. I can flare. I can do this. When to me, if, 70% of these DJs actually just had a better selection. These events would be better. Like, like to me, selection, I watch so many dudes that can kill a party because they have such a dope selection. And they may not know every genre of music because, you know, now open format's a big deal, right? So they may not be as well-versed. But what they do know, they are so dope because they've met, you know, they, they're so, you know, in that field, right? And it doesn't have to be the deepest hip-hop, doesn't have to be the deepest house, but they do know the hits to make that crowd move, Dave. So, so when I, I guess my question to you is right is, and I've, I've saw you mention this before, right? It's two things I want to ask you about. First of all, how important is it to you when you're talking to DJs or DJ friends that they understand, look, man, at least learn something about the craft. And then my second question I want you to, to touch on is we've had this discussion on marketing yourself as opposed to actually being a good DJ. And they could be one in the same. So uh, without making your answer like too long, I, I know I gave you a bunch to think about there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I will to, to the death and I don't I don't even know if you know this about me, but I I do a lot of uh, DJ education as well. Like I speak at, at conferences, uh, I'm speaking at DJ Collective in Nashville next month. I'm speaking uh, at Wedding MBA in Las Vegas next month. I've I've talked at like uh, Marquee Show in Chicago, Midwest DJs in Milwaukee, uh, DJ Expo in Atlantic City. 
And and really the first thing that I started ever talking about and, and that I, the first time I approached a show and I wanted to speak at a show, I said, you know, I wanted to speak about DJing. And I said, I would go to these shows and they talk about marketing, they talk about emceeing, they talk about uh, Instagram, uh, you know, all these things, sales process, and none of them would actually talk about DJing. And I said, I, I want to talk about DJing. And so my first, you know, the first uh, show I went to, the first thing I talked about was was programming and was, you know, how music selection is is so much more important than anything else we do. Uh, and I, I kind of had a, a mind blowing moment years ago. I was in Columbus and there was a DJ friend of mine came out to see me. I'm playing a club and his name is Bombay. And and if you if you look up DJ Bombay and you can find him online, dude is a crazy turntablist like he he's competed in DMCs like he can beat juggle on 45 speed like it it's dude is wow. insane and he came up to me we're just bullshitting before the gig and he literally looked at me and he said that I wish you I could do what you do and I looked at him and I'm like what are you talking about I'm like you're insane like I wish I could do what you do <laughs> right but he said he said my mind he said like you know I hear all like the 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 noises and the sounds and the snares and the kicks and the but he's like I can't wrap my head around like really like programming for a crowd in like like a like a nightclub and and that like blew my mind for for him to say that to me and I, I mean I just have so much respect for him and in his talents and his craft and what he can do but but yeah I I agree that really when it comes down to it no matter what like I'm never seeing you know you know DJs you know do some you know, great cuts. And I mean, I, you know, I've gone to, you know, watch Qbert and, and see a bunch of DJs, you know, with Qbert and, and watch him for 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And, and it's awesome. And then after like 15 minutes, everyone's kind of starts to almost get disinterested because it's just kind of, he's incredibly talented, but it's just still more of the same thing where it's like the, the emotion of the, the music and the song selection is really what moves people and that's really the ultimate in my mind the, the biggest way that you can be successful as a dj more than you know scratching or, or routines or anything like that and as an open format dj i'm i'm really hard on myself and that like i want to be good enough in music that like if i go in and play a hip-hop party i want to be as good as the guy that's playing you know only hip hop parties and playing hip hop every week. And if I go in and play like, like I used to play in after hours and play like tech house and stuff. And I'm like, I wanted to be good as good as the guys that would play house music every single week. And that was all they did. And it's a lot more research and it's a lot more work, but I've also been doing this 27 years and it makes it a lot more fun to me that I can do so many different types of gigs and I'm just not playing the same music all the time. I agree. I mean, yeah. Well, think about it, Egan. So, like, you look in radio, and, you know, a lot of program directors will tell you, hey, mix shows are cool. We want to keep them. It's part of the culture. This is what we got to do. But at the same time, a lot of consultants, they're looking at when are people tapping out? When are they punching out to go to the next station? Because it might be too much scratching. For the average listener, the average consumer of, like, music, they just, at the end of the day, most people just want to hear their favorite song. Like, uh, it, it's the people that really appreciate the art and the skill of DJing that will listen a little longer. And I think it's just about finding that balance. And when you can find the balance, like Chris V, I think is really effective at doing the tricks 
and playing the hits and doing things that the crowd wants, doing the things that the DJs that, you know, watch him and that he's known for, he can do it effectively. And I think uh, what Dave said, it's it's kind of finding that balance and knowing where to go. But to me, programming always wins. And I'll stick with that. I've been saying that for years. I've been in radio 23 years, and I'm going to keep going with programming, programming, programming wins. So. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the, the facts speak for themselves, right? Um, I'm going to wind up in a little bit of overtime here um, because I'd be amiss if we didn't talk about this week's football activities, right? I, I wouldn't even be a good host, right? Uh, um, um, one of the things we, we like to do here first, Dave, and we'll, we'll let you step up first. Uh, something that really struck you struck you in uh, this weekend's this past weekend's football action. Don't oh, you do it, Dave. Don't don't you do it, Dave. Don't do it. D- don't do it, Dave. Find something else to do, Dave. Do no. not do it. <laughs> So, so this is crazy. This, this year will mark, I think the 20th, 19th, it's been 19 years. It's been 19 years that, that Tom Brady has been tormenting me. So (laughs) 2003, 2003, we have a couple quarterback injuries. Ben comes in his rookie year takes us, I believe it was 15 and one. We go to the playoffs, go to the AFC championship host the AFC championship. I spend $800 to take my, my now wife. We were boyfriend, girlfriend at the time to the game, you know, get, get beat. I believe 42, 27 in the AFC championship by Tom Brady with, with the Patriots. And, um, since then probably have seen him in, in person, maybe five, six, seven times. I mean, I've done, I think three or four games where he's played us, uh, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, we played him on the big, it was a Sunday afternoon game in December, and we had a catch that, you know, we thought was a touchdown on the one-yard line that would have, you know, d- defeated the Patriots, and and they said that we didn't complete the catch, and it was an incomplete pass. We lost that game. Beat him the next year, kind of in a similar uh, situation in a, in a December game. But, I, I mean, it's been, as a Steelers fan, you know, uh, that that's like the one quarterback that is that has tormented us. So nothing against the Bucks because, you know, I have tons of friends in, in Tampa, you know, my, my boy Koo, Casper, explicit, like lots lots of homies down there. But like the you know, just just to be able to probably the last time that we played Tom Brady, probably, uh, you know, to to be able to to go out on a win was was enjoyable for me. So, and, and I want to ask both of you guys this because, like I said, I, I tell people all the time, like I get to introduce Tom Brady every Sunday, right? And I think last year to me, I felt like I wasted some of the stuff because these are the moments like now I keep, they give me all the footage or whatever. Like the dude's the goat, right? And so when I finally got to actually talk to him and he was like, yo, you want to take a picture? Yo, everybody's like, bro, you look like the happiest person ever. And I just didn't. I'm like, first of all, the dude is so cool. He's way cooler than I thought he would ever. You know, I don't know what I thought he would be. But speaking to him, right, we talked about the fact that he wants to come out. He's been coming out to the Jay-Z public announcement song since he was like in New England. Right. It's been his song for years. Right. So just the conversation, it wasn't like rushed or anything. Right. So I guess I want to ask both of you guys when a dude like that comes to your stadium, is it is the excitement that much more in the building? Because. Tom, it's like, I guess it's like if you were a basketball fan, right? Jordan finally comes or when Kobe was alive or even LeBron now or Steph Curry, right? These guys, they come, they don't come every day, right? They're, they're not somebody that we see every day with a skill level, that sort of excitement, right? So when a Brady, who's arguably the GOAT, right? We could go either way with some other people they want to throw in there, right? But he's the GOAT. 
when he comes to a stadium, like when he comes to Pittsburgh, Arizona, or you guys are in the building that he shows up at, is the excitement on another level? I mean, I, I definitely feel so. I mean, you know, and, and not just Brady. I mean, I, I know, you know, this this summer with the Pirates who, you know, are, are not a great baseball team, but whenever the Yankees were in town and Aaron Judge was in town, I mean, it was like sold out. And when he wasn't in town, there was like 9,000 people at the game, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I absolutely think, I mean, I was – I was told, I don't know for, for certain, but I was told that this was like, I mean, the Steelers sell out every game, but like I was told this was kind of the most in-demand game of the year as far as like secondhand ticket sales and things like that. And we actually had a lot of Tampa fans in the building because the Tampa Bay Lightning played the Penguins in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. I think it was Saturday or Friday. So we had a lot of fans that came in and like went to both games, wow. um, you know, which we ended up, I believe, two and zero over over the weekend. <laughs> Crisco, can I get your thoughts on this? This this guy, this is what he's gonna do. <laughs> no, you know what? To answer the question, I I'm gonna say yes off top. I mean, I've already to, to the point where I've already I already know what I'm wearing that game. Like you don't understand. I'm already preparing. <laughs> I get my picture with Tom Brady because I I mean. You know, my middle school uh, was the Patriots. So I've been following the Patriots for a long time, right? right. And so Bled's Brady and now with uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, Brady's just my guy. And so I think if I'm this excited and I don't get – it's not a starstruck. It's not, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But this is definitely like the GOAT. There's no – arguably, there's no – Tom Brady is the GOAT. And I think fans, I think just people who love this sport – already and it does bring a different type of energy not just to the stadium but it's going to bring a different type of energy to the city christmas we playing y'all christmas day and and we might see some christmas magic i don't know what's going to happen <laughs> give you anything at any given time so i'm just waiting for this game because i want to be a part of that energy christmas magic I, look man i look man i ain't look look man you you guys are my guys but i ain't gonna keep doing this man i'm just not gonna see keep sitting here after you know and and <laughs> it was kind of a like like I love football, but I felt is it is it just me and we got we got like two minutes here. Am I the only one that felt like seriously? I felt like this weekend overall, it was like a mid weekend. Like it, it, and I'm not even a smoker, but I felt like it was a mid a very mid type of weekend for football. And quickly, if you guys um, do you guys feel differently? Was it exciting? Well, you were in Pittsburgh with the goat and and the Steelers energy is crazy. Arizona, you got guys got the weather out there too. I mean, maybe you didn't feel like me, but maybe it's because. We didn't win. Maybe that's why I feel like it was a mid-weekend. Well, we were in Seattle. We took the L, and uh, I felt, you know, like I, I thought after playing uh, the way the team played against the Eagles that we, you know, there's going to be some serious improvement. Uh, we looked good. We finally put points on the board in the first quarter, which we hadn't done all season. So I was thinking we're going in, and then the things just didn't kind of develop. Uh, Hollywood Brown is out now. I heard maybe for the season, Justin Pugh, our, our offensive lineman, is out now for the season. The good news is we get D-Hop back this week against the Saints Thursday night. Dude added some sound effects. He added some sound effects because he's happy D-Hop's coming back. Look at this. This is what happens when you when you rock with a dude out in Arizona. This is what happens. <laughs> Dave, what you feel about the weekend? So, I, I mean, I thought – I actually thought it was a, a pretty good weekend. I mean, obviously you had, which I didn't get to see – but uh, obviously the the Chiefs and Bills are always a matchup. You know, seeing Mahomes versus Allen, which was a good game as always, is a matchup I feel like everyone always wants to see. 
I thought the Sunday night game was good. I did get to watch some of that while I was at my Sunday night gig. Um, you know, I thought that it looked like it might be a blowout. And then the Cowboys came back and made it interesting. Obviously, those two teams are kind of, you know, uh, you know, hated and heated rivals. So, um, you know, I still don't understand why Denver is on primetime every single week. Um, but other than that, I mean, no, no. And I grew up, I will, I will say, like in the, the 80s when I grew up, it was like the Steelers kind of only downtime in modern history. And I actually was like a huge John Elway fan as a kid. Like, I love John Elway. So like I I'm I love the Broncos but like I don't understand why every week they're on like prime time and they can't even score a touchdown it's it doesn't make any sense they are, they are unhappy about that money they gave Russell Westbrook and it's and futures all to well, blame uh, Wilson now uh, you're in the wrong oh, sport oh there. yeah oh, my bad my bad <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson my bad yeah you're right let me, let me shift my sports over because you know what I was so busy maybe, maybe they should try Russell Westbrook <laughs> I was so busy trying to get the future part in you know the future was at the top of my mind as I was thinking about it that I just you're right but yeah maybe maybe future is the problem though future might be i mean that's i mean all they're getting is three pointers anyways so (laughs) fellas man i appreciate you as always dave man i appreciate you taking the time and where can they find you at on social media sure uh yeah uh you can get me at uh dj digital dave one on uh instagram i mean that's kind of the main social media i use uh and uh check out my mixcloud uh mixcloud.com slash dj digital dave got tons of different mixes all kind of genres and stuff on there Appreciate you, man. Crisco, where can they find you at, sir? Yeah, hit me up everything at Crisco Kid, two Ds on the kid. And one thing I learned today is I'm going to have to tell my family, stop singing the Here We Go song. My dad, he just loves that record, and apparently it's not popping in Pittsburgh anymore. So <laughs> thanks for the lesson, Crisco Dave. Yo, man, for the entire no <laughs> for the entire family here at Radio Influence, man, my, man got my guy Jason, man, I appreciate you rocking with us, man. Play his playlist right here, man, with my co-host, man, the dude, Crisco Kid. I appreciate you getting up early every week, man. And again, Dave, I appreciate you taking the time, man. And as always, man, um, healthy convos with you. Every Like every time we've ever spoken, whether it's been in writing or whatever, and I appreciate you again, man, taking the time. And as always, man, look out for these dudes right here. I am DJ Eakin across all platforms and on YouTube at DJ Eakin TV, man. Play his playlist right here. Radio Influence in the House. Digital Dave, Crisco Kid. I appreciate you, man. Love. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 